Welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. Dimensional rifts, fake remasters, stylish streets, terrifying castles, and the school life are just a few hints to the first half of our top 10 plays of 2021. What games made the list? Listen on in to find out. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. Look, look who we got here in the studio with us. Green Badoof. But he fell asleep on my lap, and I just need to put these here earmuffs on him so that we don't wake him up while we talk about video games and stuff. Mm, do we have to do this? Like, like yeah, just move him out of the way. Just, no, 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 he's... no. He's, he's fine now. He's fine now. He's got the earmuffs on. Look at how adorable he is snoozing around after having like 50 trial by energy drinks oh don't tell me about the 50 trial by energy drinks man he, he was up all night i couldn't get no sleep it, well he was supposed to give us his top 10 as well uh but i mean he, he's just sleeping here i i don't i guess i guess it's better to just not disturb him i'm, I'm sure something will wake him up at some point does does he even have thumbs to play games is, is there even does he even break top five he he's using he uses his teeth for a few of the games that he plays i i saw him playing um bomberman on, on the switch the other day and i feel like he almost chewed the joy con in half trying to get through some of the corners I don't doubt he probably chewed through the entire system. He took he had it on on undocked mode and it was just using his handheld mode. I I don't know if you remember when he was drinking all those trial by energy drinks. He was just running around the studio saying shiny shiny Badoof isn't anything. Like only green Badoof actually matters. I don't care if you're gold or silver or even a platinum Badoof. Only green matters. Man. Uh, I don't know, man. Just, I do remember the whole night, but I kind of want to forget it. He was just ch- chasing around, running in circles. Man, it was it was a nightmarish, honestly. I spent a lot of time cleaning the studio this morning. He had knocked, like, 20 Switch games off of the shelf. And, you know, I like my cases to be, you know, kind of nice. And one of them had a hole punctured through it from his teeth. Look at him. He's adorable. Just sleeping here all nestled in. You know, pay for the damage for that? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe some news about one of his favorite games will wake him up. And maybe he'll he'll go download a patch and go play it while we do a top 10. So, while we're here, this is Markers on the Map, the weekly podcast gaming adventure where we are doing part one of two of the long-awaited top 10 plays of 2021 episode that we started talking about, you know, before we took our little winter break. Um, as usual, my name is Daniel, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Robert. How you been doing this week? Oh, man, 
Just like how Badoof is sleeping on your lap right there, I've been tired. It's been an interesting week, but I am very tired in the sense of not tired like I'm asleep any moment now, but it's tired like now that I have like sitting down and just relaxing for a bit, I'm just like, yes, this is well-deserved and needed. Yes. Tired in the sense of I just want to chill for a bit. Yeah. Not tired in a sleepy sense, but other than that, it's actually, you know, it's you know, it's actually been a pretty good week. Mm-hmm. Pretty good week. How's your how's your week been? I've also been very very busy and very tired. Uh so it's nice to come home at night and relax with, you know, shows that have been going on and games. I started playing that Horizon Forbidden West. Um, we won't get out. into it today, that. but like we are recording like two days after it came out, and I've already got like thirteen hours, so you know where my weekends <laughs> been. Um, and y- you let me borrow Diddy Kong Racing DS, and I've I been did. playing that too. And oh boy, do I have some thoughts! Like I, I realized, <laughs> be- I-, I was playing right before we recorded, and I yeah. realized that I think I've gotten further than I ever did back when I had the game because the bosses on that game are so stupid. Man, it's hard. I never just realized the mechanic of just how bad some of these late, like early release, like rubber banding games, like how bad it was. The rubber banding, you could be doing so well, but one mistake and then the enemy is ahead of you. Like you know, I don't know. It's just it's really weird. On on the 3DS version, I don't think the rubber banding is like horrible or anything. It's the fact that the touch screen is used for so much. You know how in Mario Kart you hold A down halfway after two on the screen and you get a boost. Mm-hmm. On Diddy Kong Racing for the DS, if you're in the carts, you have to swipe furiously down the touch screen to roll the wheels. I don't oh, do that. I'm not I scratching. My about you have that. to spin it for the plane. I'm not doing that. And you have to blow into the microphone for the hovercraft. I can do that. Could, that's, but, that's reasonable. Because I'm not going to ruin my screen. But, like, the fact that you have to do something like that distracts you from, like, actually looking at the race when it's I mean, not, not to get off track, but, like, that's the one thing I feel like the Nintendo DS wasn't really great on was the screen touching. Like, that's cool, but, like, you know how scratched those screens got? Like, especially kids using yes. them. I was uh, very careful with mine. Pretty sure I told this story way early on in the podcast where I had a the DS game of the movie Robots, that DreamWorks animated movie, and that was where mm-hmm. I got the first screen scratch for some kind of optional rolling ball challenge that I did not know was optional. I was very upset. Uh, but that's mm-hmm. neither here nor there. We got a top 10 to get to, but I have one little piece of news because we always have to bring this up on the podcast every time mm-hmm. that there's news about this. Our good friend No Man's Sky is getting another new patch. I think it's out already. <laughs> oh boy, No Man's Sky. The game the oh, game oh, that turned oh, 180 oh, oh. to 100%. Look, look. Green Badoof is gyrating. He's waking up. Did somebody say No Man's Sky? Oh boy. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Green Badoof, No Man's Sky. It's... It's got a new Sentinels up. Oh, the Sentinels? Oh, the enemies of the game? Let me take this one. Let me take this one. Now, this is an update for No Man's Sky where uh, combat is being revamped. Uh, I, I was reading about this. Combat is being revamped. Um, there, there, are, there are new mechs, enemies. Uh, there are a total visual overhaul for the weapons, according to the patch page. 
um, combat upgrades. You can now have an AI robotic companion. There are new stories and missions just to keep going down the list. Um, combat flow and feel will be improved and there will be new enemy drones to attack in No Man's Sky. Uh, that's all great news, Badoof, but don't you got a home to go to or something? Don't, don't you uh, got Well, hear me out, Robert. Hear me out. I have yes. a top ten all written out, laminated. Mm -hmm. It was laminated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but but y'all could do a top ten. I'm gonna spend the next two weeks in my um in my Badoof Cove playing the Snowman Sky update. All right, Badoof. Do you two mind uh, if I scamper on out? You can do your little show. I, I I don't mind. You know, Daniel, what what do you think? Do you think you're all right with that? Yeah, yeah. I think I think you can. I think you earned some No Man's Sky time. Don't don't have too many trial by energies, you you little scamp. Oh, don't worry. I will. Yeah, don't. Wink, wink. You're a, you're a nightmare. See you guys later. Oh, do you think Blastwave might want to play? Maybe I should go pick him up from his house before. I'm, I'm gonna yeah, go, yeah, pick, go, go, go pick up Blastwave. You go, go pick him that. up. You tell him that it's got co-op. No man's got. I don't have. Alright, bye, bye. Alright, alright. <sighs> dude, he destroyed his. Should we tell him? Tell him what? He, last night he de he destroyed his top ten. He like he just he just he was like, look at my top ten. I know. It's all laminated. He burnt it. I, he just grabbed the match this, and started burning it. I have it. the ashes of the top ten right here, but Green Badoof's top ten. I wonder if he even remembers what he put down. Uh, well, we still have ours, <laughs> so why don't we get started? Now, 2021 was a weird year for video games. Um, it was the first full year we had with the PlayStation 5, but it was also another really good year of PS4 releases and Switch releases. Yeah, I... I feel like 2021 was also the, like, the effect of what 2020 did. Yes. Obviously, like, some things were delayed. I feel like that, uh, I don't know what we're talking about, but the, how, like, si the Cyberpunk update came out, like, oh, way yeah. later than it should have have. I mean, no, Horizon and God of War were supposed to come out technically last year, based on their original, you know, launch trailer, or uh, reveal trailers. Yeah, but yeah, this last year was an interesting year, to say the least. Yeah. Um, so, I guess the best way to do this would be to just do one at a time for, and count down from 10 to 1 over the next two weeks, so, like, I would do my 10, and then Robert does his 10, after we do a few quick of our least favorites, just to rattle them off. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, let's start, let's start with dishonorable the, let's mention? do week one doing the least favorites, the dishonorable mentions, and then we'll do honorable mentions next week. So, I have a really big dishonorable mention or least favorite a little ps4 game i was looking forward to i think i mm -hmm. paid a few extra dollars to get a few days early like the digital deluxe early access i'm talking of course about sonic colors oh my god i totally forgot about sonic, sonic colors, colors. <laughs> the so-called greatest 3d sonic game and i guess according to this an official Sega thing, yeah where where 3d sonic finally foots it finds its footing 
Yeah, the same. It's on the level with Generations. It's better than Unleashed. That, oh, Unleashed is a fake game. This right here is the real deal. Ended up being a very clunkily controlling, you know, power-up, blocky platformer with a little dash of 3D Sonic excellence, you know, thrown in here and there. Uh, No, Mm -hmm. I did not like Sonic Colors. And in the same vein, uh, we have a... Another game we kind of <laughs> really went down hard on here on the podcast. <laughs> is it what I'm thinking? Is it what it is I'm thinking? Like, it, what, is that it? it? No secret. It's back for blood. <laughs> it's... It, how can we... I, I, I'm pretty sure we've had our opinion on it, but I really do think it was the most disappointment I've ever had in a game of, like, it's been so long since we've had just a a good old get your just get your friends everyone get on their systems everyone just get online or whatever get on your console put it put on the game and just you know go out and just have a good time just do whatever you want to do and just you know just, you know you know shoot up a bunch of zombies like they're just zombies right but we just want, it, I don't know Why I don't want to get into back into it but just like zombies feel so slow and not yeah. fun when you're shooting zombies. power ups and upgrades just all like kinds yeah it's of like yeah. rarities for your weapons and having a really low stamina meter for dash and um, like a card system where random you know having, things can happen yeah. to your character oh. during a run oh man no yeah but uh, we we've we've talked about it enough but at least for the both of us i could say that it was a major disappointment, and it is one of those things where they, because like they hyped this one from the creators of Left for Dead brings you back for blood yeah, this and was all very this hyped. stuff co-op shoot. Yeah, it's it's just it reminds me of what's that game Evolution or what it was Evolve? or e- what is it was the Evolve. There we go, Evolve, where it was like wasn't oh, Evolve like a co-op for shooter that was like Same a Monster thing. Hunter thing that lasted for like, for like yeah, a it was couple a kaiju of weeks. Hunter yeah. game. So there's that. But sort of the same deal. It's just like, I don't know. It was such a disappointment where we can go on, but just know that we just do not like this game at all. It is on like, even if you gave it to me, I would play other things before I would ever touch Back for Blood. Yeah. Now I have a few more quote unquote least favorite from the other two consoles. Not that they're bad games or anything, but for me, like these are personal lists. Switch is bravely default to was a game that I was actually looking forward to, but unfortunately the way that it just played and it was very slow and it was one of those games where you have to go back to areas in day and night to see what's changed or what quest you can give with nothing too terribly interesting, along with easy mode not actually feeling like an easy mode. Um, You couldn't Mm -hmm. enjoy the story because the easy mode was still really difficult. Um, I found Bravely Default to be like, very irritating at times and dropped it after about five Mm -hmm. or six hours we talked about this very early on last year and for my ps5 least favorite just just to bring it up death loop is not a bad game it is very stylistically cool the voice acting is great Mm -hmm. the world is great but you know why i don't like it it's because of the stealth like you don't necessarily need to go in stealth but I feel like Colt is so fragile without it that you'll just die in a few hits if you're not pro FPS player, and, you know, I'm not. So the stealth really drags that down for me. And the slower-paced, methodical approach you have to take to going into areas as opposed to 
you know, what the trailers made that game look like, which was like James Bond-style action, you know, 70s adventure type thing. Um, I just found the game to be a bit slower, and who knows, I might revisit it at some point, but when you've got as many good games that have been, you know, churned out over the past couple months, I'm finding it hard to go back uh-huh. to something like that. Um, hopefully Bethesda's Ghostwire has less of a focus on stealth. I'm sure it will. It looks like it does. I, I think... I at least think it's very unfair to be like it is on your discount, but it's sort of like it's just because you just don't like stealth. And I don't. I think if I were to play, I would have a different. I way wish different I had it on, on it. disc because I told you from the start. I said you would love this game. That's what I'm thinking. I think if if I played it, it would be completely different. Yes. I think we're on different opinions on probably that. I'll probably play yeah. it eventually one day. So not not a quote unquote dishonorable mention, but like a least favorite. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna you know bring in a whole bunch of like the smaller PS Plus stuff I played because I don't, some of that I only played for like an hour. Um, yeah. Now, top ten plays of 2021 is something we've done where the game doesn't necessarily have to have come out in 2021. I think yeah, most or is... all of mine do, but it's not a rule that like. Look, if you played a game from 2018 that you just now got to play, totally fair game, I think, for your personal top 10 of the year. Uh, 100%. It is. It's it's a top 10 for your year is not the top 10 games that came out that year. That's going to be a different list, but it's just whatever you... Like I said, it could have been a game that is considered a classic, and then you play it, and now you're like, okay, now I know why it's a classic. It's sort of that situation. It doesn't matter what platform, it doesn't matter what system, it doesn't matter anything, as long as you played it within the year. Yeah. That's all that really matters. Um, the one thing I strayed away from doing was playing a game that's been on previous years of my top 10 on this year's top 10. So, for example, you won't see Ghost of Tsushima on my top 10 for 2021 because it was my number one for last year. Uh, or not last year, 2020. So I, I'm, I'm going to give other games a chance to, to have the spotlight. Mm. So my number 10 to get started here is a game we had an entire like hour and a half long length episode on. It's Resident Evil Village for the PlayStation 5. This is a game where it's the sequel to... Yeah, it's a sequel to Resident Evil 7 starring Ethan Winters. It is a first-person uh, hor- survival horror. And it I actually liked it. It, which I was like really iffy about the first person to start, but I like the game. It uh, it's got a really good setting, a really great like comic book supervillain team that you go up against. And without getting into spoilers, obviously, just for the top ten, um, a lot of different environments that are really cool. An abandoned house, a castle that we all saw. There's swamps, there's factories, there's snowbound lands, and everything in between. And you're going up against an interesting set of enemies, and supernatural elements come into play in this Resident Evil game. Just <laughs> say the least. Uh, I won't talk about Resident Evil Village much because what happened later, but I'm surprised it's... Well, I'm not that surprised it's on your number 10, but I really do think that I, I really think that I'm, I guess I'm surprised and happy that you broke out of your, oh, it's a first person Resident Evil. I found Evil, it less oh, corny blah, blah, blah. than yeah, I was like, you know what? You should, you should, I was like, you should still try it. I feel like it's way more up your alley than you really think it is. I honestly don't think it being a third person would have changed it much at all. 
I honestly think that the first. Per- I think I understand why you wouldn't want to do seven. Seven is very when you, once you play this one and you play seven. Seven is a very slow first. Yeah. Per- like when you turn and it's very. With this one you can actually decently shoot and actually have like a decent like fighting chance when this one i thought the idea to make this one a little less serious was to its favor like the fact that this is like oh we've got these colorful cast of villains and these quips and everything make it a lot better as a game than just like the super serious things that we've seen from some of the other yeah. games Oh, it's it's I would say that Village is more if seven is 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 Resident Evil three eight is definitely more of Resident Evil uh, four. It's very over the top, but not not over the top since you don't have like because in Resident Evil four Leon's running away from a boulder that's chasing him. That doesn't happen here, but the same idea kind of happens. Yeah. It's not that over the top, but the idea and the idea. DNA is kind of there. I think it's a step in the right direction. It's a really hard game to talk about without talking about like significant plot things, but for the sake of this, we are not going to. We have a whole yeah. episode on this, um, and we don't want to spoil any like plot points of games in the top 10. The, the reason why it's so low in the top 10, as in it's number 10, was because getting into my top 10 last year was really hard. I have, Some of my honorable mentions, I was sad to have them in honorable mentions. Um, and... <laughs> one of them we're going to talk about today um that that replaced one so that was my number 10 resident evil village how about you so for my top 10 list i have a vancouver you know it comes from the great old place of vancouver canada Who? from a company when they were in their i would say golden ages when they were, were very experimental indie and, dev and indie people, dev yeah people really enjoy this franchise and I know uh, a couple of things I will say some people might understand and they know what I'm going to talk about right now, but if you don't, I'm talking about Bully. Ooh. Uh, Bully from Rockstar and developed by Rockstar Vancouver uh, was part of that weird era of Rockstar where it was, they were at, I mean, they had a, like, what, a ping pong tabletop game. For the Rockstar Wii, yeah. would never make a ping yeah. You know, Midnight Club. It had so it had a, it had the Warriors game, a game about a movie from the seventies that most people didn't. It's such an iconic pop culture film, but by the time the game came out, I think most people would have been sort of like looks familiar, but I don't know what it is. And the people would be like, "Oh, it's like you know this and that," but they'd rather just go watch them. I don't know. It's really, but either way, Bully. Bully is probably the most request. It's hardly the third most requested series and a rockstar series ever it's it's one would be a gta two is red dead and then i would say three is bully the people really want a new game in the bully you know one's been style rumored for it, ages and ages and ages but we've not yes. seen any confirmation that that's happening also this is rockstar is like what rated t it's a rated t yeah. game like of course it has the same idea as gta of being an open world game and doing what you want but it also has i would say I would say an RPG mechanic to it because if you because the way the reason why I say this because you can customize your character you can you know you can have like friendships with certain group of kids like let's say 
you're just like, oh man, I really don't like the jocks. Like I really could care less if I'm friends. You can actually have it where like you can just be your enemies could be the jocks and like you don't have to like them. You can actually have like a progression system with people and like char- and individual characters that mm-hmm. walk around the campus of the school. And also, if you pass your classes, like if you're doing really good in your classes and you're passing them, you get upgrades and abilities. There's a char- there's a a bum that lives near in the school in in a in an abandoned bus that if you bring him like radios he teaches you, like he teaches you like new like fighting moves so it's like <laughs> so like I say you can learn new things you can, you can upgrade your character uh I think it's Jimin or Jimmy it's something Jimmy, like I that think, from from what I remember I think it's I think it's Jimmy but either way but yeah uh I can see why it's a classic. I can see why when you play this, it, you know, it became because it's a Rockstar bank. Surprisingly, so you know, Rockstar Vancouver and all that. Because I think Rockstar did GTA, and then Rockstar San Diego did Red Dead, and then Rockstar Vancouver did Bully. But eventually, now they're all one just Rockstar company. There's no longer Vancouver or, or San Diego. It's just Rockstar. Is no longer just like get as many people into the places. AAA machine. Yeah, but. I can say that Bully does have, like, I am playing the PS2 version on the PS4 market. I'm not yeah. playing the Scholarship Edition. I know a lot of people have a problem with the Scholarship Edition. It's not the greatest version. A lot of people prefer the PS2 version. So when I, really, when I knew that the PS4 market one, the one on the shop, was the PS2 version, it's not the Scholarship Edition, I went for it. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll play that one. And it has some weird controls. And, you know, because it's from the PS2 yeah. era, so it does have very weird controls that, you know, if a, a definitive edition, which saying that now, you know, is like bad because of what we got from the whole like 3D GTA yeah. trilogy. But if there were a, you know, they actually took their time and released a, 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 another scholarship edition that's actually like a, what they'll call it like the graduation edition. Dick. I don't know. But uh you know they can actually have like new game mechanics like the wheel like a different like uh uh inventory system they could do a lot more that would basically make it a lot fresher and they wouldn't need to release a a new game but i wouldn't i this is one of those games even this being a rated t game and you know there's no negative anything at all but but the one thing obviously became controversial because they're like oh you get to play as the bully and you're bullying a bunch of kids when you're not playing as the the bully right no. You're playing as the guy that's fighting against the bullies. You are sort of the you bully the bully. Like people pick on you. The nerds fear you because they think you're going to bully on them, but he's just like I look mean, I'm not going to beat you up. Obviously he's like unless you annoy me or you try to fight me, I'm not going to do anything to you. That's all when he talks to like I guess the nerds. He doesn't bully them. He's just like He's like, can you do this to me a favor? Yeah, I'll do it for five bucks. Like, I'll do you a favor. Just give me five bucks and I'll do it. But when the, you know, the jocks or anyone else has to come to him or the rich, like, you know, like this, you know, the rich people, they like try to bully him. It's like, oh, you're missing. So he's the bully's bully. He'll fight back against bullies, but people just assume he's a bully because he likes to quote unquote fight. But no, yeah, it's sort of a anti-bully. He's just like, this place is filled with nothing but bullies. Like, he's like poor kids that can't like defend themselves yeah. get bullied and they're trying to pick on him but obviously he fights back he's not one of those kids that is not going to fight back so it's one of those things where it did have a big bully theme but not because you are the bully because it's the whole point is that the, the whole system of the school is that you know it's a bully system yeah the this the strong pick on the weak and that's how it works all right shall we move to number nine i guess we can move to number nine all right my number nine ratchet and clank rift apart this is one of the few 
true PS5 exclusives. It is developed by Insomniac, and it released early 2021. Um, it is an installment in the long-running Ratchet & Clank series that's been going on since the beginning of the PlayStation 2, and it's just graphically Pixar levels of just, you know, animation and explosions and particle effects going on on the screen. The gameplay is really fluid. The weapons and the DualSense implementation of said weapons is really awesome. Um, it follows Ratchet and Clank as they kind of get separated and Clank finds, they, they find themselves in a rift in time as time portals open up um, from Dr. Nefarious and you switch between Ratchet and Rivet who we know from the podcast that I'm not a fan of character switching, but it's done so well in this to where both characters have the same abilities and control the exact same. It's really just a skin change to service the plot. Um, there are a few big things that happen uh, later on in the game that we won't get into, obviously because of spoilers, but the environments and the openness of the levels, the ability to just use whatever weapons you want to experiment with enemies mm -hmm. um, is really fun and it feels like something that was ripped out of that PS2 era and put it with the fresh coat of PS5 paint. So it feels like a game we usually don't get nowadays or something like indie devs would give us uh, most of the time now. Um, I think that the game's weakest point is that the bosses are just kind of there. They're not really anything but, you know, shooting at a bigger enemy. Um, but I think you spend enough time not fighting bosses um, doing some of the cool PS5 tricks, like whacking uh, one of the crystals on the Blizzard Prime, I think it's called. And mm -hmm. the, uh, it just goes from being inside an area to, like, blasting the screen out in space, completely changing all of the polygons on screen instantly without loading. That is something really cool that the that they just put in there to, to take advantage of the PS5's, you know, processing power. So there's a lot of interesting things in there to show off your console, as well as a fun game that that's, you know, alongside it. It's sort of that, I guess, fad right now, the whole, like, different dimensions and, and multiverses and, like, you know, sort of, like, the thing right now, I guess, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, this game was kind of advertises like oh no low times that the whole point of those like certain moments like there's a supposed like transition from one the part transitions, of the universe yeah it, that is the low time that's such uh, you know major low time so that's how fast it is now it it was supposed to, wasn't this game was supposed to release with the ps5 or was it always it was always going to be launch window so it came out like five months it came out in april or may yeah. something like that but i think returnal was april and then wretched and clank was like two or three weeks later I just, I want to know why they, because when they showed it, it seemed like they had a finished copy, so I don't know what they really waited on to, you know, push it at such a later date. Maybe there was there were other games I don't remember they were releasing. But. I think maybe the, the reason was probably because Miles Morales was probably being finished up to be the launch title for the PS5. I guess, yeah. And they I just guess needed the extra weird. couple of months development on, on Ratchet & Clank, because when we first saw it at the PS5 reveal... It looked relatively finished. Like, there's really good finished. lighting and shadow effects and ray tracing and all that cool stuff that, that we saw at that. And the full game looked even better, I would say. Maybe that extra couple of months really really helped it in the end. But um, as far as the game goes, really nice, quick, easy. Voice acting is excellent for all characters. And kind of heartfelt in, in some points so I, I feel like it deserves 
is like if you've played it, it definitely deserves a spot on a top ten list. Uh, I want to. So uh, is technically is it, it when the 2015 is it a soft reboot or is it a full reboot or is it still a continuation of the original? I don't. I don't. Feels remember like how a sequel to some of the other ones without you having to like know all the ins and outs of the other ones because mm-hmm. Doctor Nefarious was the villain and I want. Don't hold me to this. I want to say the third one. So like they don't ever like make huge references to anything. Yeah. But they say but they know Dr. Nefarious. They know he's the bad yeah. guy. They're not meeting him for the first time. But the, I, okay. I I would say having not played all of them in the past, only a few, you don't need to play any of the other ones to understand what's going on here. They really yeah, yeah, take yeah. the characters that this one is based on and make the plot revolve around them. And Rivet is a really cool character. <laughs> so, that's my piece on on that. What's your number 9? So for my number nine, I have one that I would assume had its fair share of a, a, a big popular like moments, and that's Splitgate. Now, Splitgate's a fun one. <laughs> it's a all right. So let's get Splitgate is is okay and it's fun. It's okay. I would say it's very much okay. It's not the worst. It could, it, you know, it's a free to, so it's like, it, if you look at it, it's free to play, it's not a 6 dollar game, but yeah, it's good, but I guess the best way that most, everyone is saying it, it's if Halo was a portal game, which, you know, it. I, I understand, like, you know, saying certain things like that, because if it's like, oh, this game, it's just like, oh, Red Dead is just like GTA was set in the West, which is sort of true and untrue. I, you know, there's some things about it that I'd is I'd say the true. first one is more like GTA than the second one, but people can say Yeah, but, say. oh, it's GTA, in the, but in the West. So this, but Splitgate is a first-person free-to-play game that it takes, you know, you have... I don't know what they call them because in Halo they're called Spartans, but I guess you get um, what 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 are the you know what is the opposite of a Spartan? I can't like remember. Sim- my a, retinas similar... were burned by fifty thousand cosmetic menus. When I... <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you get these you know super soldiers and they're in their armor, all cool, you know, all oh, super soldiers, you know, you know that's the whole thing too, super soldiers. But it's a fun game. It has honestly, I think I've had more fun. And it does kind of remind me of classic Halo, which I think, I honestly, in my opinion, Halo is the best multiplayer without a doubt. Out of all the multiplayers I've ever played in my life, Halo was always the most fun. It was always just over-the-top, fun, super cool cosmetic, and it was just super cool characters, and you felt like it was just really... A lot of the classic stuff that we do now is because... You know, Doom may have put the the and Quake may have put like the you know the you know the building the arena blocks, shooters. but Halo really put that idea of you know controllers is probably a really good way to play. You know, as like oh, getting the mass people to play these games, sort of like a controller because a controller is very easy to understand and pick up, and it's just kind of like it just works. So yeah, but. The reason why, you know, I and I'll say this, it's it's way more fun than people really make it out to be. I've really had a blast playing it, but one, not a lot of people in my circle group really play it. So, I, you know, it was sort of just like, it's sort of that idea. It's kind of sad playing multiplayer games on your own. It's like eating a pizza on your own. It's like, yeah, you enjoy it. And it's still pizza, but it's like, 
you're eating it on your own. What kind of thing is that? It's kind of sad to really think about. You're eating, unless it's like, unless you obviously buy it by the slice, like you're just buying a slice of pizza. But if you just buy a whole box for yourself and it's just for you, it's just kind of sad. I think so, that's why I'm like not as big into multiplayer games as as other people I know because yeah, because when, when I had my PS3 and everybody had Xbox 360s playing, you know, Black Ops or whatever, I, I was playing alone. So I, I got more into like the single player type games, the adventures, Uncharted, and all that. But it's also like. It's just like when you play with friends, you can like, oh, let's play this, and you just have a really good time. But yeah. when you just play, you play. It's the same game. You play a couple rounds and then you get off. So that's what really, I think. Co-op but, PVE games are like the middle ground there. Yeah, I will say the reason why it's a number nine mostly too is because of course, free to play. These people have to market their game somehow and make some type of money. But the amount of battle pass and skins and just like the it's, really weird, it's like, exhausting. It is. It's just, and it's I'm saying too that much. as somebody who tried Splitgate and thought it was really fun, as we said last week. I think, like, it's a fun game. Yeah, but it is so exhausting. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing. If 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 it, I don't know if it would have done okay if it was a, a not free play game, but at the same time, it just it just throws so much of this like blah 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 and battle pass and blah blah blah, and so it's just like, and also I wish it just had just a tdm mode or capture the flag yeah. like you can do it but it has to play in rotation you you can't actually have it where it's just like just search and destroy you yeah. know uh, you know you know team deathmatch and then just like capture the flag and just like really cool fun innovative modes i, I really do appreciate the the whole portal you know aspect of part of it too yeah. but at the same time i never used it i never yeah, i never really I, found I didn't a reason to use even it. wanting to the maps are small, so yeah. So it's like I really just played it as like if it was a Halo game, and I had to say that's why I enjoyed it. But I feel like since Halo Infinite's out now, and that's a free to play multiplayer game, sort of slowly just being like you could just if you're if you don't have a PC or an Xbox, then obviously yeah, that, that's why you if you're stuck on places maybe split gate. But if you have a PC and you have an Xbox, Halo is just the better option to go to. And it, like it sucks to say that, but it's because obviously it's a bigger company. They have you know they can add way more supported for way longer and i think halo just has such that brand recognition that people were just drawn more to it eventually yeah so it's pretty good so we'll move on to number eight now my number eight is shin megami tensei 5 this is the long awaited sequel to four and for apocalypse it was developed by atlas for the nintendo switch um, it was announced like five years before it came out, um, or at least four. I remember being announced mm-hmm. as the new Shin Megami Tensei when the Switch reveal um, happened. Um, it is the first Shin Megami Tensei that's really like a big open world. You have four giant open worldy esque maps where, like I said when we talked about this game, it almost feels like a collectathon platformer with RPG battles. So it's definitely a different mm-hmm. style of gameplay than just your standard Shin Megami Tensei dungeon crawling, which was done in first person and some of them in third person in like four. You've got bigger maps to explore. You've got, you know, um, geographical puzzles to solve. How am I going to get up here? Where do I need to climb up here? Along with a story that's not the most interesting story SMT's ever been. I feel like four... Four is a special game in that yeah. every part of four, even though it was, you know, um, pixels instead of, it was like sprites instead of 3D rendering, it felt epic when you fought a boss because it would shadow them out. Then they'd appear as giant fixtures on the top screen and they would talk to you fully voiced. A lot of that doesn't happen here. 
and mm-hmm. a lot of the scale is shown, but it just feels a, a little teeny less epic because a lot of the villains and, you know, monster fights are not voiced. Um, mm-hmm. There's not even dialogue in some of them. So it, it feels more akin to kind of a bridge between Shin Megami Tensei 3, which I'm not a big fan of, and 4, which I love. It's kind of a middle ground between those two along with okay. a big open map. There's a lot of collecting. There's really cool new designs for some of the demons that you can fuse. It just continues SMT's trend of being a really cool and mature take on, say, like a monster collecting game like Pokemon. Except you're not... Yeah. You're, you're using them as tools rather than companions. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There are a few different paths. There's a few super bosses and, you know, optional little things you can do. It's very difficult. Um, but it has Shin Megami Tensei's press turn system where you can get like eight attacks out on one turn if you keep hitting weaknesses, which I thought is always been the strongest point of that series. The, mm. the crowning jewel. Um, Persona does it and Shin Megami Tensei does it just as well. And there's not much to say about the plot. It's it's a little lighter on plot than... Well, it's a lot lighter on plot than a Persona game. <laughs> but um, it's not even as heavy on plot as Shin Megami Tensei 4. Um, the characters and interactions are cool, and yeah, there's there's only like two dungeons in that game, and they're like weird, <laughs> where there's just like rooms that you walk through and not not too many puzzles. It, it's a weird one. Um, maybe mm-hmm. one day I will revisit it, but it it is also a very exhausting game because it's yeah, yeah. you know it's a long RPG. Um, but there's a lot of features and accessibility things that I think really helped with it. Um, so yeah. Shin Megami Tensei Five thought I was gonna like it a little better, but it's still worth Maybe. it being number it eight on my top ten. Yeah, yeah, it's a hype for it. I don't have much to say about it because I really don't know like the Shin Megami, like you know the Tensei. I because re- like what Persona is like the only one I really Shin Megami Tensei. Persona, like, Persona. is the most like approachable. Yeah, it is. Tensei so it's series. like it's sort of like so, but like I know we've really talked about it for a really long time and how. How you feel about it, boys? It's, I think it's top eight. I mean, it deserves to be there because it is like you got hyped for it and it was like a new part of the series. Yeah, but it was a it's really not good as, game. It's, it's somewhat like three, but also somewhat like four that you really like. So it's sort of like it's the middle. So I can see why it's not so high on the list. Yeah. One thing I will say, though, music is top level in this game. Oh, it's of course. I don't know. music is top and level. And like yeah. it's got the Shin Megami Tensei like rock slash metal vibe but it's also eerie in this and it's got some good beats to it like when you fight the um i'm forgetting what they're called the abscess enemies when you go to the abscess to like unlock parts Uh of the map that song is so cool people who have played the game know what i'm talking about (laughs) anyway before we get to your number eight why don't we take a quick break for a nintendo direct rumor so robert rumor has it the long-awaited third installment of the Sonic Storybook series is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Man, that green Bidoof is still out there on our yard. He's not leaving. He's been there for like 30 minutes, dude. Is he digging for something? I don't know. He's just standing. He's just he's just standing there. I think I don't know if he sees me. I think he sees. Me. Oh, hold on. I think he saw me. All right. Um. Uh. Close, close the blinds. But um. Sure. Uh. What we what we what we got for you, Sonic? Yeah, Sonic. You said something, something about Sonic. It's the third installment of the Sonic Storybook series. It is a western Ooh. with a semi-open world and 3D Sonic levels. It is it is said to feature 
quest lines in the western genre um sonic can apparently ride a horse in this one i guess interesting what are we thinking so, that, that this might have so if it's part so the what it's the first one was sonic and the black knight right or is it secret, secret rings? rings and then we secret have rings black and knight. then black knight so now it's a western one yeah. so maybe uh some person with like magical witchcraft abilities like how those is like a fairy or something but maybe this one's just someone who practices like witchcraft or something opens a portal sonic comes in and you know he has a chili dog in one hand and a co- and a script copy of sonic 2 and so he's reading it and he's just <laughs> like whoa man like what's going on i was just on the set of the new sonic movie with no idris elpis is playing knuckles and you know promotes the movie probably halfway through but sort of it's the same idea where it's like Oh, Sonic, we need your help. This uh, evil, you know, dark, no robotic looking villain that could be his great grandfather is, you know, taking over. Maybe his great, maybe it's Teddy Roosevelt. This is, you know, is the I villain. Think, I think the Eggman of the Western world would be a snake oil salesman. Oh, 100%. He would try to sell his snake oils, and that's because he wants the jewels as in, you know, just money as, like, jewelry. That's what he mm-hmm, wants. Mm-hmm. Those are his. But then maybe he finds the Chaos Emerald, so that's why he's then, like, it's told down to generations of these magical crystals. Maybe that's why Eggman is so obsessed with them. But now if you think about it, in the Sonic, you know, the book series... His friends are always placed in different... Yeah. They're there, but they're not them. It's just, like, a variant of them. So what if, like, let's say Rouge is there and she owns a bar in the town. Let's just say... Sort of like a Mad Moxie situation. She owns her own bar She could bar be called Rogue Rouge. Exactly. And, and then maybe Rogue Rouge's establishment. Tails is is like the the young wannabe sheriff of the town, yeah. and like his his and his main partner. He's just like kind of there, and his main partner. But if like Silver is the like the sheriff of the town, <laughs> Silver is the sheriff. <laughs> Hear me out, Knuckles the kid, nah, as the mayor. <laughs> he's the mayor. Knuckles is the mayor. They voted him in, or he, they, they just said, "Hey, you're the mayor now." And Shadow could be, of course, our, like, the dark cowboy. Like, the one that's, like, the silent type that's, like, on the black horse. Yeah, he's he's the definition of a cowboy with no name. That's that's that that's the best way I could put it. That's Shadow, one hundred percent. This could be like the good, the bad, and the ugly Sonic edition. And and you know what? Some westerns have a romance, so we could bring in Amy as. The wildest gun in the West, Calamity Amy. And that could <laughs> be Sonic's um, love interest in, in the Sonic uh, Western game. Yeah, that, you know, that could be... I'm trying to think. So, my thing is that Sonic riding... Now, here's the thing. Sonic has the ability to run, so what purpose would he need to ride a horse? What was the reason to tame a horse and put the riding Maybe horse... Maybe he took some of that snake oil and it was actually an evil potion oh, developed by saw... some kind of some kind of witch. So what if, you know how Eggman in the future has those two robots? What if we actually meet what they're based off of and they're two, like, outlaw, oh, like... Orbot and like, Cubot? Yeah, yeah <laughs> and, they're, like, they're real ca- human, ca- what they're inspired by. And, like, because Eggman read his, like, great-grandfather's notes and talk about these two henchmen yeah so then when sonic saw the whole like i got this snake oil that would make you super strong strong as a horse and like all this stuff and then he yeah he drink he drinks the tonic and then he drinks it and then he's just like (coughs) oh he's He's like what's going is in this i I know somebody who also said (coughs) (laughs) 
named Idris Elba who voices I Knuckles. Mean, <laughs> yeah, think about it. He's just like, <coughs> what? What you? And then the next thing you know, he's just like, he does a one of those. <laughs> he twists his mustache and he's just like, you thought you? We need a mustache twirl from from the Western version of Eggman. We do exactly. need the mustache twirl. You know, I just every time when we when we talk about Eggman being like a snake oil salesman, it reminds me of the one guy from the first Red Dead. I forget his name, but he's kind oh, of like man. the snake yeah. oil salesman guy. <laughs> oh man, that that <laughs> this sounds um, fun. This sound, this sounds interesting. So like, it's everything gonna be all cowboy theme and all this stuff, and probably have some other side characters, some new characters in this. Like, yeah, maybe there's a. Oh, what about that rabbit from the from the Sonic TV show? Wasn't she like a cowboy? Cream the rabbit. The the, like, yeah, no, the the one with the prosthetic leg. She has oh, that robotic I totally leg. I forgot about that. Yeah, what, wasn't she like a cowboy show? Maybe they like they, Maybe. she's part of this series. Knuckles wore a it. cowboy hat in the Sonic OVA. Just saying. Maybe there you go. So I don't know. This sounds interesting. Uh, yeah, you know what you could call this game? You could call it Sonic in the Wild West. Wow! Wow! So can the theme song can this can they use the theme song that Will Smith made? <laughs> Imagine they get Will Smith to get like, hey, can we use your song? It's not like saying I wouldn't ask. Come on, whoever's making this game, ask. <laughs> Just ask. It's, it's not. It doesn't hurt to ask. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I think it's going to show up at a direct here pretty soon. Yeah. So what's your number eight? Getting back to it with a nice smooth transition. I think number eight, we don't need to talk about it, honestly, that much. It's We've got be many easy. episodes on this one. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's not going to take that long. It's Fall Guys. Of course, we play Fall Guys a lot this year. A lot, I love Fall Towards guys. the end, a lot less, but Fall Guys was a no-brainer. We, it, it's sort of, we, you already know what it is. If you listen to previous episodes, if not, you can go listen to them and see how we feel about them. Yes, it's, any episode that has Fall Guys in the title is usually mostly about Fall Guys. <laughs> yeah, anything, but the thing is, I will say about this, is that... I noticed that this season was way more difficult to unlock the special event skins than it ever has been. That's oh, been a absolute, problem. The golden tuxedo, it was uh, uh, it was so aggravating to do what that. What was that um, one skin I was quite literally like just giving up? Like, I really don't well, want Well, you this got it. You point. got the Aloy skin, I but did. we didn't get the faceplate because it was going to take forever. Oh, wasn't the, Hor- the Horizon one? Was it that yeah, one? Yeah, the Aloy one. Yeah, but when you put the headgear, it gives you the faceplate default behavior, yeah, so, so there wasn't no point. Yeah, so it didn't make any sense to go for yeah. it if you were going to run that with the... But, it, like, collecting 2,000 of the blaze canisters, I'm like, no, 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 I'll I'll, I'll get the skin and... and yeah, so, obviously, Fall Guys is a no-brainer for... Uh, we play that a lot, but, it's, like I said, the reason why I will put it... It's not as high anymore, I would say, is because those challenges were very difficult for no reason. They had no well, reason Hopefully to they difficult. ease up on that a little more. Yes, hopefully they really do, because I Also, Season 7 news this. when... Mediatonic. We'll see. It's we'll, been we'll three months we'll almost since season six started. I'm ready for a different theme and maybe some new levels. Um, I do play oh, quite a bit, but it, the past month I've had a lot of other games that have taken mm-hmm. my free time. Um, number seven, then. Yeah, we we'll just go to number seven. All right, number seven. Now this is unique because we not talked about this on the show yet, outside of the demo. Neo, the world ends with you. This is a game I finished literally on December 31st. Um, This is the game that kicked my previous number 10 off the list. And I wanted to put this at number 7 because it it stuck the landing so well. Um, It was exhausting at points. And we're going to talk about it in depth in a future episode. Because I need to talk about this game. Um, But Neo The World Ends With You is a sequel to the old 2007? 
maybe six DS game, one of my favorites, The World Ends With mm-hmm. You. It is a game that really took the idea of controlling four or five characters at once, um, this this new one, with all using different buttons to attack and turning it into just something that looked like the most chaotic thing was happening on your screen, yet still mm-hmm. having you feel like you knew exactly what was going on. And I think that is such a revelation because you see an onlooker would see just complete chaos and nonsense on the screen, but you as the player are in complete control of all that nonsense sense and i just thought it felt really good to play we won't get into plot but the plot is Mm -hmm. super cool very cool for people who have played the old ones and i guess the um final remix additions that the switch version which is unfortunately not great um added and stylistically it's amazing soundtrack is maybe top of 2021 in my opinion um it oozes style most scenes are voiced the voice actors do a great job. It's so cool. It's such a cool game. I like when you go into a restaurant and the restaurant music starts playing and you eat and you just time it right to where they react to it. Uh, like, <laughs> I do things like that. I had to time it right because it was so cool just seeing them all react. I was like, I'll have like a 20, 30 minute thing to say on this in, I don't know, in a future episode because I really like, would like to to talk about this on here and tell you about mm-hmm. it um of right now we'll leave it at number yeah. seven <laughs> and your number seven uh my number seven is one that i was interested in for a while because i think what most people need to i guess know is that i have a love for 2d platformer like one hit kill games like prince of persia the original one for either the pc one or the super nintendo one which is the superior version that's the best version of prince of persia you can play as the super nintendo one or something like out of this world i really like those like puzzle open world and like enemies and you're more of a, a sort of like it's the how how survival survival horror games are now you're not a really a fighter you're you know you're a, a runner you don't have to you know do combat but if you it's can do combat, you can games. fight but, but it's one of those things where it's a risk to do combat so you just gotta really like oh if i can skip this guy i can do it whatever but going this is eternal castle now this is a game that's marketed as like a fake like oh this game's from the 80s and now it's like on our new modern it's a modern game they made it within you know this freshly remastered yeah (laughs) yeah it's not really remastered it's a new game they released but Eternal Castle is one of those games where, yeah, it's sort of a, you go around platforms, jumps, traps, and, you know, back and forth, you know, you take, in this one, it's not a, necessarily a one-hit kill, you take damage, even not being in combat, you can take damage and not, you know, die, but, you know, jumping, falling from a really high place, you, you know, it's over, you gotta restart, you know, being caught in a tramp, get caught in spikes, you gotta start over, but, if you get hit a couple times with a weapon, even out of, not in a combat-ready stance, you won't, die immediately you'll take damage before you'll die but (laughs) the thing with out of this world and prince of persia is when you first play them they are very difficult games you'll it'll take you days to finish it'll take you hours to finish and i'm not talking like three hours i'm talking within like 10 7 8 hour game but that's you it's uh what is it it's um trial and error you have to just keep going at it so same thing with this game trial and error but with Prince of Persia and Out of This World, especially Out of This World, once you know what to do, it's a very easy game. You kind of know where to go, what to do. So the game's, instead of being like a 12-hour game, now it's a 2-hour, an hour, 30-minute game. You can defeat, you can beat them pretty easy. But with Eternal Castle, I feel like 
the difficulty honestly wasn't that much. The boss fights were a little too difficult in some moments. I think some of the boss fights were very unfair and that if you didn't have the required weapon to fight back, you would die pretty easy and that was kind of very unfair, I would I think. Mm-hmm. I think in games like Prince of Persia where enemy all the bosses can be killed with the one weapon you get from the beginning of the yeah. game. So it's like you don't have to get no special weapon. They're all gonna be you know vulnerable to this weapon it's even out of this world you get one weapon you don't have to upgrade it you don't have to change it they're all vulnerable to this one weapon you can you know recharge it add more ammo to it so that's one thing i will say with eternal castle that the boss fights really cool really good music i enjoy the music sometimes the the graphic choice you know the graphic is kind of a, a bad decision especially when you get to like the very dark parts where like ah, you can't see color. more than like three inch from yeah you can't see more than three inches so it's like eh, you're kind of in a maze that's it wouldn't be as difficult if you could see the whole maze without it being such just a two-color scheme, you know what I mean? It so is, it's like, eh. As far as the bosses go with the weapons and stuff, it feels to me like you're saying it's a different kind of trial and error than the one you would find yeah. in the other two games. Yes. There's checkpoints and everything, so it's not like you have to start from the very beginning. It's yeah. checkpoints all around. There's no time limit. All these games have time limits where you have to start from the very beginning or start from a certain point, and the checkpoint wasn't until very far later down the road, but... Not as much puzzles, I would say, as like Out of This World or like Prince of Persia, even. But it's sort of like if I could compare it, Prince of Persia Super Nintendo is number one. It's part of one of my favorite game ever on the Super Nintendo. Then like Out of This World or Another World, you know, is number two, and then this would be like a number three. It's like it's it's pretty good, but it's not better than those two. But it's not a bad game either way. I enjoyed it. I liked the music. I'm pretty pretty much almost done with it, so that's why I can really yeah. talk about it a lot. I did most of it. So really enjoy the music, really hype music. If you ever get the chance to just listen to the soundtrack, you should. It's really good music. Uh, music color always design, helps games. Yeah, color design and, and graphics-wise, it has some really nice and like moments where it's just like, ah, like they only really, like they really did spectacular like images in this game where it's like, wow, they're only using like this amount of pixels and this amount of colors like and it can do so much with it so you know it has some some ups and some downs so that's where i feel like it kind of sits in the middle where it's like yeah, it got some ups and downs and but it's not as good as the ones but i think i have way more uh affinity like i was yeah it's sort of like i have m- more games i feel like that are a little bit better but it's not a bad game at all that's what i'm saying these are not this is not a bad game at all. it's not like very low because i think like it's bad and there's better games like no it's a good game but i think they have better ones to go through <laughs> it's a good pastiche you would say. Yeah. Moving on to number six, our last games for this week's first half. Number six for me is Pokemon Shining Pearl, the Nintendo Switch remake by ILCA, I want to say, um, of Game Freak's original 2007 Nintendo DS classic and what I considered at the time to be the greatest Pokemon game represents a great part of my life where literally the whole circle of friends I I knew had Diamond and Pearl. Um, it mm-hmm. is a pretty darn faithful remake it is like one-to-one except for one little thing they added from platinum um when they could have added a few more things from platinum i wish they did actually but um, it is completely one-to-one for the most part um it's a very good pokemon game now it's a little oddly paced for a pokemon game but Mm -hmm. we can ignore that because it's so epic um dialga and palkia are introduced and you know, it's it's your typical go through eight badges, fight the Pokemon League, be the champion, fight the legendary. Team Galactic was always a great set of villains. Um, they I don't remember them being in it this little, but they are uh, they are only in it a little tiny bit, um, more than I or less mm-hmm. than I remember from from the original DS version. But I just felt good playing this. It it doesn't do anything revolutionary like Legend Arceus does, but um, 
it, it does what it set out to do, which was to be a fancy new remake of one of the greatest Pokemon games ever for the Switch. Um, we talked about it a little on an episode or two back in November, um, if you want to go check mm-hmm. those out. And of course, I'll bring it up in the future again, too, because um, whenever they decide to activate Pokemon Home for this, I will be <laughs> ready because I've got a shiny Bidoof and a shiny Piplup that I really want to trade over to my uh, Pokemon games to use them. Um, but other than that, not much more to say than what we've already said on on Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. They are great, and yeah, standard Pokemon game, but there's nothing wrong with Houston, that. Houston, we'll probably talk about the new one that's kind of more... Uh, yeah. The new one that just really is a little bit more great. We're, we're, we're going to have Legends it, right? Arceus on the podcast yeah. right after the top 10 finishes. That's the I first thing I want to I think that would be a little bit more interesting. I mean, it's, a yeah. safe, it's Pokemon. It's a safe bet. If yeah. you play Pokemon for it's a safe bet, but you know, but... Uh, should we talk about my number six? Yeah, let's rattle it off. I think my number six is sort of one of those things where it's fond memories, but it led it to such a downfall. And my number six is Resident Evil Five. So, never played Resident Evil Five when it first came out. Yeah, I think a lot of people love it. A lot of people enjoy Resident Evil Five. It's where it still had the core horror, but it, it had way more action, but in such a fun way where i think is because the reason why everyone enjoyed five not because it was actiony and less horror is that when you have such a good amount of horror it's sort of just like a refreshed like take on on a franchise where it's like it's still good so obviously six took it way to the oh man way too i much hate to resident yeah. evil six yeah, six did it way too much. So five did it where it was just enough where like it's still Resident Evil where the enemies are still terrifying and the and the, and the you know they look terrifying. It's scary. Like the chainsaw dude was very scary. Still had the pleasure to play this with a friend, so I didn't have to work with a clunky AI. You know, I had a pleasure like a actual like competent player so like we can we understand what we're trying to do and it wasn't just like my ai partner kept dying i was just like getting frustrated with it so you know i feel like that's one thing that most people need to probably try to do is actually co-op play this is actually try to play with someone else because i think an ai is probably not the greatest i would assume i think a lot of people would be like frustrated having an ai partner i did split screen back when we uh when the ps4 version originally came out with a friend mm-hmm. a couple friends actually we did split screen because it's a it, it's a nice it's got some replay value to it come on this has chris redfield punching boulders come on when are you gonna ever get chris redfield punching boulders again come on, they referenced that in village he punches boulders man this man <laughs> this man physically punches rocks out of the way and i don't know i was saying it's a boulder yes but no, yeah, so Resident Evil, I actually really enjoy I think the bosses are actually really interesting and pretty... I really do think, like, this is a really fun Resident Evil game. I honestly think I would say it, I prefer this one over 4. I, I really do. I really like this I wouldn't this argue one. with that. It's really, it's really fun. I really do think that the colors are one thing that I will say that's not as colorful, but at the same time, where it takes place, it's kind of a desert city. It's kind of, you know... I where think it was more colorful than dirt. 4. Uh, four was very gray. This is very brown and yeah. like sunny. Like if you're in the desert, I think. I guess what it is is that we're so used to that scenery. It's just kind of like eh. Seen it a lot in some other games. Like, like it's just that era where it came. I was like, it's kind of used to it. It's just like a kind of brown look. It had it, the it same just kind of look like, as like an MGS four did, and it's like, yeah. It doesn't it like yeah. It's like it had that same type of look. So so we just I just kind of got used to it. I would say like it's kind of been done before, so it wasn't anything really new. It's a relic but of the old PS3 have, days. Uh, add some very don't let that kind of like 
making no, don't like, let all that discourage you from no. enjoying a game. Like Red it Red has Red like a swamp. It has a jungle part. I even think there's a part where I even think they're in the jungle. Yeah, like, with the alligators. Jungle parts. Yeah, the alligators and even like a, a factory settings and a mansion. So like, don't think this is just a one part area. It, trust me, you go to many different parts. Yeah. So. I really enjoy Resident Evil 5, and I wouldn't mind if, like, anyone else who's never played it before, and they're just like, I want to play it, I wouldn't be opposed to replaying it again with someone new and different. It's really Definitely fun. has the second best Mercenaries mode. And it's weird to say that 6 has the best Mercenaries mode, even though 6 is not a great game. Yeah. But, yeah, um, oh, it was something that the... Village doesn't have is a great Mercenaries mode. <laughs> One boss battle, though, that was very difficult is the guy that, like, you have to use the flamethrower on. Oh, yeah. That one was very just like I don't know. It was very weird, and I don't know how I feel about it. Still, like I played it with I somebody who like had it. played the game before, so I didn't have to like struggle to figure anything out. Mm. Yeah, we we had to figure it out. So that was kind of a like I guess that's the least favorite part about the game is that boss fight was very, and some of the enemies are like the chainsaw dudes very just some some of them are very like hard to get rid of. Well. I'd say that takes care of the first half of our top 10 plays of 2021. What will await us in the second half? Oh, wait. A knock. (sighs) Don't tell me he's here. Guys, it's me. Guys. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. Let's see what he wants. Okay. Listen, you you guys aren't going to believe this. I know I'm supposed to be back playing, uh, you know, No Man's Sky. But I couldn't help but notice across the way there... I saw, mm-hmm. I saw Pop Alien. You saw Pop Alien? Pop Alien's not here anymore. He was defeated in the old days. I don't think that name's been said in many years. I don't, I don't even think people even remember Pop Alien. That's how long it's been. I'm just saying. I know what I saw. I've seen the pictures of how Pop Alien looks, and I've seen him. Okay. Are you, do you still, have you been drinking more Tribal no, Energy? No, I do promise. You drink anymore? I promise. I haven't. Okay. All right, Green All right. Badoof. Well. Listen closely. Do not let Pop Red know that Pop Alien is in Game Land. You think that's a good idea, right, okay. Robert? For him not to let or even say it in anywhere near Pop Red? I think it's best if you don't say it. We don't want war to Pop break Red. out in Game Land. No. Not after the. Not another one. War. Yes. So you scamper on back, Come you on. go get Blast Wave, you guys go play some No Man's Sky, okay? You go have yourself a, a, a fun little afternoon, okay, Green Badoof? Come on, Badoof. We'll yes, sir. That. Will do. <sighs> there he goes. Running off. So the rumors were true. He's still out there. Well. What are we going to do? Let's just get back into the studio. And next week, we'll have the top five for you. The Markers on the Map crew have revealed the first half of the top 10 plays of 2021. What awaits us in the second half of this almighty list? And just who is this mysterious villain from Gameland's past? Follow the show on Twitter at Markers on the Map. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. And find out just what games made the top of the list on the next Markers on the Map. And remember, the real Disney Magical World 2 was the friends we made along the way.